Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B-Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B-Books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I cannot wait for you all to meet my new friend from Australia. And of course, we Americans get super excited with somebody with an accent. So first of all, thank you for joining us on the podcast, Stacey Ashley. Oh, Tina, I am just, I'm super excited as well to be here. And uh, we might have that accent conversation later. (laughs) I love it. Yes, Uh, Americans are definitely suckers for... um, suckers for accents and I am in the beauty industry mainly uh Stacy and and especially in the beauty industry and it's interesting you have someone that's from America or in America that has an accent they make more money automatically it's just a well-known fact (laughs) oh maybe I should move (laughs) I know it's time for you to move I this is so special because my son actually did a study abroad in Australia a few years ago after when he was in college and he picked the uh, farthest place from him when he was in school in Iowa, and that was Australia. But I found out later that he spent six months touring Australia, not going to school, but I can't blame him. It's absolutely beautiful. We spent a couple of weeks ourselves, and we thought we should have really spent a lot longer. Are you a, a native? Are you born and raised from Australia? Uh, look, absolutely. But I've lived um, just about all over the country. So I've been really fortunate to, to do that. And uh, I think actually we can trace our, uh, trace our history right back to the first settlers. So, Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I obviously I've only lived in America and a couple different states. And that's pretty much it. So I travel a little bit here and there. And, and of course, I always want to live outside of the United States. And it sounds like everybody that's outside wants to live here. So, you know, you always think the grass is greener on the other side. And, and maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I think it's just I think it's just the the beauty of being able to have new experiences, you know, however you make them uh, in your own country or, or other countries. I just say take the opportunity. I agree. I'm sitting here actually in an Airbnb today in, in Florida, and we stayed in Airbnbs when we went to Australia. We really got to know the land, and that is really the way to do it versus staying in a hotel and staying in someone's home. You know, you get to kind of experience, you know, the realities of it. But, but I want you to meet my new friend, Stacy Ashley. Look her up right now on her website, stacyashley.com and also .au. I just jumped on it today and I actually joined and signed up for your 28-day self-coaching challenge. So I'm excited about that. And your website is incredible. And I just, I absolutely love it. But she's a high-performance leadership and coaching expert. We're going to talk about some things today about that on our, on our B-series uh, podcast here. And she has three books. Uh, they're number one Amazon bestseller books. You're definitely going to be my uh, best friend and my newest mentor, Ashley, because I know I can learn so much from you. And I know my listeners are going to learn a lot from you. I've downloaded your books on Kindle so I can get to them right away. And you have to do that, you guys, because it's really great information. I know I'm going to use a lot of this information with your books, uh, Stacy, so that I can um, uh, share with my leaders in my businesses as well, too. So very simple, 
but very direct and you're a very similar writer to me. And so we have a lot in common for sure. Um, she's won, um, I'm not surprised, many awards, four international Stevie Awards, including Coach of the Year 2019 and Telstra, not sure if I'm saying that right, Business and Women's Award nine times in 2018. That is absolutely incredible. First of all, how do you win all these awards? <laughs> uh, look, I think, I, think, I think part of it is, is being in the right place at the right time, having wonderful people around you to nominate you and kind of notice you in the first place. Mm. Um, and like anything, you know, it's, it's the body of work. It's like it's no one thing. I think, and um, you know, it's just it's just a wonderful, beautiful thing to be recognised, you know. And I and I, for one, am someone who thrives on that. So, you know, I'm I'm very lucky in that way. But but I think, and you would know this, um, Tina, that that it's it's about that consistency and persistence, and you know, always raising the your own bar, you know, so that you set yourself a higher standard and. That to me is, you know, what we're going to be talking about today in terms of leadership. That's that's part of it is always, you know, looking for the next opportunity, the learning, the growth, the, you know, I probably sound like a bit, a bit of an old record here, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, that that to me is just part of showing up every day as a leader. And if that happens to get recognised and you get an award out of it, well, that's a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just really incredible. I think the, the beauty of winning an award, it helps people to say, wow, who is this woman? I need to check her out and you just learn so much. And we just need to be around mentors like you. And I just think that's amazing. I saw that your tagline under your name is leading possibility. And this is so amazing. You're going to crack up because I'm a John Maxwell coach and we're doing a, a transformational series right now from his brand new book called Change the World. And his, I believe it's his second chapter. He talks about, and I've never heard this word before, to be a possibilist, you know? And so I'm like, say that five times. So I look it up in, you know, the dictionary. It actually is a word supposedly. And, uh, but it's, it's leading, you know, change. Uh, and the dictionary, um, not just being optimistic, but being a possibilist. And so here you are talking about this and your tagline is leading possibility. So first and foremost, I was talking to a friend of mine today and he calls me up, he's a coach. And he said, Hey, what do you, what do you think I'm known for? Like what, you know, you have all these coaches are known for something and here Stacy Ashley, she's known for leading possibility. And I'm like, oh, gee, I need to think about that. And so how did you come up with that, first of all? And what does that mean to you? Um, how did I come up with it? Well, I, I also have a mentor and, uh, and basically she pulled it out of me. <laughs> she asked me a whole lot of questions and she said, can you, can you hear the theme you know, throughout all the things you've done, even from your corporate career, you know, as you've been, you know, working in your business and your practice and your thought leadership, can you hear the theme? And, and I was like, oh, sort of. And she said, this is what I hear. And she said, leading possibility. I'm like, oh, I love it. That's it. And so, and so what does it mean to me? Um, well, leading and leadership, I think, is just a fundamental way of being. So even if you're leading yourself and, and nothing else, you know, that you still have that leadership um, focus and possible and, and responsibility I guess but leading possibility for me is about leading into the future it's about you know when you when you and I work primarily with 
large corporate clients, but there are leaders who sit in a position, you know, they're, they're given a role, they call the leader and they kind of sit there and they plateau. Mm. And to me, that's really not leadership. That That's just maintenance. <laughs> um, and so I think leading possibility is about always looking for options and 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 opportunity and new choices we could make and new ways that we could be and always asking what is possible rather than just let's sit in our comfort zone and so it's it's sort of an embodiment of leadership you know it's always looking for you know the change and the potential and the you know, how do we stay relevant even? You know, the world has changed in the last kind of 12 or 18 months. And so we can't just sit in this plateau. We, we have to be always looking for what's next, what's possible, how do we stay relevant, um, what's new, how can we use our people, how can we tap into their strengths and create opportunity out of that, you know. And so it really is having that mindset, I think, of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's so, okay, so this is so appropriate because I mainly coach salon owners throughout the country and, and, uh, and most of them are really struggling with um, developing leaders and they're the ch- chief COO of everything, right? Chief everything mm. officer, they're running everything. And then I'm coaching one and she's like, I cannot find even just one leader in my company. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, Oh no. Okay. Cause she's got over 50, you know, employees, she's got three salons, wow. you know, so she's not a small, you know, a small, uh, business at all. And I love the fact that you teach a class called how to fast track your leadership without the stress. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I'm like, okay, that hit home with me when I heard about that course. And, and I want, I want to hear about that and also how people can tap into your course as well, uh, Stacy. And because that's the biggest challenge is, you know, they're, they're going to go under if they mm. don't do something fast, because 2020 obviously proved us a lot of challenges, but 2021 is even harder right now. You know, we thought it might get easier, but it's even harder because now all of a sudden the loan money's running out and what are we going to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you're so right. I'll pick up on that last point. Um, I think certainly in Australia, um, leaders you know they survived 2020 they they reacted they responded and they got to the end of 2020 and sort of there was this this big sigh of relief it's over no it's not we we have so much to do sort of I've been describing this as 2020 was like the sprint of leadership and 2021 is the beginning of the marathon we have years of change and transformation and finding new ways and and so leaders and leadership has become you know, even more critically important. And so that that role of building and developing the leaders around you in your business or your corporation or, you know, your practice, whatever it is that you, that you run, your organisation, um, is such an essential because as the, the uh, person you just described um, is discovering, if you are the font of all knowledge, if you are the expert, if you are the go-to person, you're not leading you're just running as fast as you possibly can. And eventually circumstances are going to overtake you. Um, And that's not a way to lead, you know, your business or your organization. And so for me, the fast tracking is about number one, recognize that your job is to lead. 
-hmm. It's not to do, it's to lead. Um, And so there are lots of things that that make that up. Of course, it's about setting vision and strategy, but it's also about setting expectations of what where other people need to take responsibility and step up and where they need to learn things because they don't know them now. Um, you need to practice your leadership. And part of that is about making sure you've actually got the skills yourself. But then also um, part of that is about sharing that leadership knowledge and skill with the people around you. So you're growing leaders all the time. You know, you learn because you've always got to have something to offer and then you pass on that knowledge so that we all elevate together, you know, because whenever you have a group of people that you are not growing and developing, they're actually holding you back as the leader. And so you want to be growing yourself, growing them, and we're all going up together. Now, for me, one of the fastest ways to create that sort of step change from being the expert and being the knowledge holder um, and sort of almost being the bottleneck because of that um, is, is you have to start to coach. You have to be coaching your people, you know, so that it's like, um, you know, when you have a really big um, I'm trying to think of the right words, sort of a mechanism that's that's got cogs and wheels and all that kind of stuff. And so typically when we have that kind of machinery or equipment, there's this great big wheel that sort of drives the, the main engine or the, the main, you know, um, piece of machinery. But we don't actually turn the great big wheel. We have something called a flywheel, which actually has little cogs that intersect with the big wheel. And so it's us actually turning the flywheel that moves the great big part of the equipment. And coaching is does exactly the same thing for us in leadership. If we do it ourselves, we're out there moving that great big wheel, moving that big equipment. But if we coach, we're just turning the flywheel and we're getting everybody else to do all the big heavy lifting work. That's our job as a leader is to coach to draw out their great knowledge, to draw out their great experience, tap into their strengths and their ideas, and also to build the confidence that, yes, they can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what the next step is. And if they don't, we mentor them. We give them that piece of knowledge, but then we coach them through how to apply the knowledge. So next time they're ready. They've already got it. They know what to do. And so for me, fast tracking is about, recognizing that difference this is i'm a leader now i have to let go of being the expert it might feel really good to know all of that stuff but that's not my job anymore my job is to build expertise in others and help them to apply it and so that for me is one of the keys to being able to fast track your leadership let go of being the expert and start coaching your people yeah you know i made that realization back in 2013 after i became a john maxwell coach and and I called up all of my staff, Stacey, and with tears coming down my face and just apologized to all my leaders. I said, you know what? I was not the leader that I should have been for all of you, um, you know, back then. And, and I said, I promise you I'll get better. I'm still not there, but I'm getting better, you know, and that's the most important thing. And so majority of those people are still with me today and we've been growing together. And I've been investing in myself. I've been investing in them. They've been investing in themselves. And we've grown really literally from three to seven businesses since that point, you know, and so we've watched that. So I've, I've been like proof 
of that happening, right? And and this is really amazing. You said something really powerful. And because, you know, when I am coaching most of these salon owners that I am coaching, Stacy, uh, most of them are so busy behind the chair taking clients that they're like, I don't have time for this. Like, can I hire you? Can I hire somebody else to coach my team? And I'm like, you know, honestly, you can't put your, you know, can't have a babysitter put your kids to bed tonight at night every single night. I mean, these are I mean, they're not really your kids, but they're kind of your kids. Like this is kind of your baby, so to speak. Right. And so you have to like really take care of your own people. So that's why the first year I spent just learning how to be a coach. Right. I spent a whole year taking the entire John Maxwell coaching curriculum. What advice Mm -hmm. you give for salon owners or business owners to build their coaching skills? Because you said something really powerful. I think most people think coaching is mentoring. And it's not, it's drawing out. Mm. So talk, yeah. talk about how they can get that training. Yeah, and look, and there's lots of ways that you can do it because, um, and, and it's going to be different for everyone. We learn differently. You know, there are amazing books on coaching um, out there. You know, you some, of them, some of them are big academic books, but some of them are really practical. Um, the Tower of Coaching, um, uh, coaching, coaching, is it coaching performance by John, Sir John Whitmore? You know, there, there's just so many um, books. So that would be the first thing. I would, um, I would follow, you know, some some really um, great people like, you know, like Tina and me, uh, who would probably share coaching and leadership tips. Um, you know, follow them on LinkedIn. Um, you don't have to be there every day, but but just, you know, once a week, have a quick scroll, see if there was anything really useful in that. Um, there's great podcasts on coaching. And then, of course, if you want to go to the next step, there will be online learning. Some will be free. Some will be, you know, require some investment, but not necessarily a huge amount of investment. And then we go right through to the, you know, the full certifications and that sort of thing. But I think to start with, just expose yourself to some of the concepts. One of the key ones, of course, is the difference between coaching and mentoring. And they're both great, but you use them differently for different purposes. Um, you know, jump on some of my free webcasts. Um, every month I do a complimentary webcast to whoever wants to come along uh, and we talk about coaching and leadership content, uh, concepts. And I'm sure there's, and I know there is, there's, there's you know, thousands of people who would, who would be offering, you know, free resources, free access. Take the 28-day self-coaching challenge and that will expose you to 28 great coaching questions. You know, so there's, there's lots of ways that you can grow your knowledge and start kind of implementing some of those ideas. But, you know, Tina, if I may, just, you know, a couple of really simple things that salon owners and business owners can apply straight away is when someone comes and says something like, oh, can you help me with this? Or have you got a minute? Or I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Rather than going straight into that, I'm going to tell them what to do. Ask a couple of simple questions to see if they really do maybe have some knowledge. So, so be less quick to jump in and, and help by telling them and, and more quick to ask some questions and listen to what they have to say because they might surprise themselves and you with how much knowledge they have. 
Yeah, I agree. And I notice in your books, you do a lot of questions and, you know, we, we do the master class by John Maxwell called good, good leaders ask great questions. And you are that person. And that's why I'm so drawn to your books because I'm like, whoa, I got to go through these questions in your book, you know, at the end, the activities. And, and that's something that I absolutely love about you. How did you get good at asking questions? Cause I'm, I'm just kind of learning the art of this. I was coaching one of my leaders the other day and, and I said, well, how about if you ask them questions instead of going in and telling, because you're going to offend them with, mm-hmm. you know, just going in and, and all of a sudden they're going to like start to lose that trust. But if you ask and just draw it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're like, Oh, I have to write these down. You know, there's writing. And I remember saying that to my coaches too. I need to write those questions down. How did yeah. you get good at asking questions? Oh, to be honest, I think the simple answer is practice. <laughs> to, to be honest, but I have had a lot of people say to me over the years, "Wow, you just—it just seems like it comes so naturally. You do—you're like a, a question bank." Um, yeah. I think I would start with really simple principles of asking questions. So simple questions, open questions. So questions that start with "What" and "How" and "Where" and "Who." You know, just really keep it simple. Um, and then just reflect on what happens, but also it's that reminder of the default should be almost to ask a question. Yeah. And over time, you kind of build your repertoire and you discover which questions work. But book reading books is a is a great source of getting questions. Um, I think because um, there are a lot of authors who who do embed questioning, you know, into the way that they um, into the way that they write. So that can always be a great source. Um, as I said, you know, um, I think I think actually, you know, here's a secret to asking great questions is don't rush into it. So when someone's share, you're in a conversation and someone's shared some information with you, don't put yourself under pressure to immediately know what the right question is. You know, actually mm. allow yourself a moment to process the information that's just been shared with you. And then that will actually help you to come up with um, a better question just by giving yourself permission to take a moment. Yeah, for sure. I love that. You know, when, yeah, I think this is going to take out the, I I would say the fear because most of our salon partners that we partner with are in their twenties. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we've been able to prove that it doesn't matter what age you are, you can be a great leader. Mm. And, and so watching them, you know, do this, but I think one of the biggest things, and they've told me, they said, getting past the fear of them, not liking me, getting past the fear of not saying the right thing, because some of the Mm. people coaching is old are older than me and getting past, you know, just the fear of that, I think has been the hardest, but I think this would be the answer to that by asking more questions, because, you know, if you're just going in and telling somebody now you're, you know, coming off, you know, as arrogant, maybe, you know, so yeah. talk through that, yeah. like having the hard conversations, because even as simple as we'll just, we'll use a real simple coaching someone that isn't showing up to work all the time mm-hmm. they should, right? Mm-hmm. I have a co- I have a salon owner we're coaching right now, and sh- they let me know that you know they have this you know high level player that mm-hmm. hasn't been coming to work as often, keeps calling in, right? They have right. to keep canceling their clients, and so wow. maybe coach them how to coach. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. So there would be a couple of things that I would say before you even start the question, really think to yourself and be clear for yourself. What is the positive outcome that you actually want from the conversation? So a bit of self-coaching to begin with. Well, you know, what, what's my positive objective here? And so it might be, you know, that firstly, you want to understand the situation and, and what's creating, you know, the, the not showing up or being late or whatever it is. Um, so you've got some insight and more information to work with. But also a positive outcome would be, of course, that you want to work with them to actually um, have them participate in, you know, in their role as they should by, by, by showing up. Um, because it's good for you and it's uh, good for them and it's good for the salon and it's good for the clients and all of those things. So, so be really clear about the positive intention that you have for the conversation because I think that what that does is it allows us to go in feeling confident um, in our purpose and it, and it allows us to feel, I think, more resourced, you know, when we've got something positive that we're working towards much more so than if it's, you know, a, a really hard conversation to have because we're telling people that they're doing something wrong. Um, so I think that's the first thing is what's the positive objective. And I would actually set the conversation up that way. So when I ask, you know, if I can have a few minutes of their time, because I want to talk about something with them, I would let them know that this is what I want to talk about, because it's really important that we get to this positive place. All right, so now we've got them, you know, knowing that we have to have it, but that we've got this positive intention and we want something good for all of us. So it's not I'm um, telling you off, you know, so we're, so we're sort of setting the scene. Um, and then I think it's, it is, it's about asking those questions. So I've noticed that, you know, there's this pattern of you perhaps not coming to work and I'd really like to understand what's going on. Oh, it's good. You know, okay. and... And so that's, I'm not telling you off, I'm, I'm not doing any of those things. I'm just trying to understand. And, you know, as a leader, and you can even say, say that as the owner of the, you know, the salon, this is really important to me um, to, to understand this because I want to be able to help us get to a better place together. Yeah. Um, so good. And so once obviously they share that information, you've got a little bit more insight and then, um, you've sort of set the goal by saying this is where I want us to get to, this better place of you either being able to turn up or us understanding what the schedule needs to be because you've got this other thing perhaps outside of work that we didn't know about that's impacting you. Um, and, so, and so then we can say, okay, so I really want us to get here. Are you in agreement that that's what we should be aiming at? And then what do you suggest mm. that you could do? Yeah. Rather than telling them, we're asking them, what do you suggest? What options can you come up with, with how we can get there? Yeah. I think most of the time, and I know this was me back in the day, uh, mm. started working on my self-leadership. That's why I love your books because it talks about lead yourself well first. Right. And, yeah. and so that's the most important thing, you know, is getting through that process. But I think one of the most important things is, is being able to get past uh, your own emotions, high emotions. And mm. I always mm. said when your um, when your emotions are high, brain cells are few and you're going to say, yeah. stuff, you know, cause you're almost like, how dare you be late again? Like I told you yes. 25 times, like, how dare you? Like, you know, yep. 
you're really breaking trust here. And, and so how do you get past that, the high emotion? So talk to the owner right now or the coach or the leader that's like, you know what, they just make me so mad. And <laughs> can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so which I, you know, I can totally understand the why you, why you'd be feeling like that. But what I want you to think about is if you want to get this great outcome, how do you need to be right now to be able to achieve that? Yeah. You know, how important is it for you to get that outcome? And then how do you need to be and who do you need to be to do that? And, and, you know, for most people who have a, a level of self-awareness, I'll say, well, yeah, I probably need to sort of settle down or calm down or that sort of thing. And then you, and then I would ask them, so how can you do that? You know, and maybe they need to go and have a coffee or a walk or a breathe for a little while <laughs> just oh, to get themselves centred or wait till tomorrow or, you know, let some time pass so it kind of all simmers down a little bit. Um, so, again, I put the responsibility back to them because I might have some ideas about how they need to be but it's not about me. It's about the salon owner having that conversation. So how, how do they think they need to be or how do they want to be so they get this good outcome that they're looking for? Um, and that's what's important. You know, what, what is the positive outcome and how do I get to that? Well, actually, I need to be in a really good place to be able to have that conversation in a way that's going to be constructive um, and that's not about being a pushover or anything like that. It's just about going, you know what, I need to be able to access all of my resources. And when I'm in an emotional state, as you said, the brain cells go on holidays. Uh, so, so let's get centered, you know, access all your great resources. You're the salon owner, you know, you're the leader, you can do this. So, you know, make it possible for you to do this. So good. Okay. So to fast track, you got to become a great coach like that. That's just period. You dropped a bomb, which is so awesome because I think this ties right in is you've got to have a level self-awareness, a like a plus level self-awareness. And that is so true. I'm still working through that process by taking a ton of assessments, you know, this assessment, that assessment, (laughs) I'm a disc personality coach too. And, and so I coach a lot of people, you know, through the process, but I don't think Mm. most people are really aware of their nonverbals or Mm. what have you. So how do you fast track that, uh, to fast track your leadership of self-awareness? Yeah. Um, I think one of the simplest ways uh, is actually to be really proactive about eliciting feedback from other people. Be a feedback champ. We've been building yeah. an entire uh, program around that, a written system called Be a Feedback yeah. Tramp. Uh, tramp. <laughs> not a tramp. Just maybe make- not. <laughs> maybe maybe it should be Be a Feedback Tramp. <laughs> how is that? Like, how would, would what's your recommendation to leaders? Yeah to do that yeah okay so again really simple and I like to keep it in the positive because when a leader asks for feedback it's actually really hard for the people that work for them to offer that um, or even for peers you know to offer it to each other so this is a simple model that I share with people a lot to make it easier the the first thing is to to ask a question that's something like what went well or what am I doing well and it could be more specific so what am I doing well uh, in in our team meetings, for example, um, but that doesn't create an opportunity. That just creates a positive. We're feeling good. The second thing is, I ask them to finish the statement. 
it would be even better if mm. what what is it you need to do so that's much more comf- comfortable than um, and this is what you don't do well because people have struggled to offer that up so if we say um, it would be even better if we had a clearer agenda for the meeting or it would be even better if um, different people got to chair the meeting each week you know, so, so it offers opportunity for improvement, but without criticism, which mm. can be uncomfortable. Um, and so I just really like that. It's simple. Um, you can adapt it, of course. So you start with what went well, and then you go to it would be even better if. Yeah. What would you say is some of the biggest things that um, leaders have heard from their team members to do better at? Um, I, look, I think communication often is you know a big area of opportunity it doesn't matter the scale of the organization or the industry or anything Um, I think there's always opportunity to elevate communication it might be the way you know the modes we use the frequency the way the message is crafted who gets communicated to and who doesn't you know there's just so much opportunity in there you know everything from you know, I'm not sure if my boss likes me because they don't say good morning to me, you know, when they walk into the office uh, to to their brusque or um, or some people seem to get information, but other people don't, you know, so there's masses of opportunity there. So I think that's a big one. Um, I also think just uh, feedback around uh, feeling acknowledged, valued, that my contribution's been seen. I think that's another opportunity um i don't i don't think anyone no i'm generalizing i think there are lots of opportunities where people perhaps don't feel as valued as they actually are and Mm. so we need to make sure that they know that that they are valued that their recognition that their contribution has been seen and appreciated and it made a difference in whatever way Um, and so i think that's a big opportunity for leaders and they and they get feedback about that Um, Another one, though, and I guess it comes back to the coaching, is that, um, and for many reasons, leaders get really busy and that sort of thing. It's about the time they spend with their people in developing and growing them, you know, and that they could do more of that. And so um, that's kind of a gap. You know, we know that one of the biggest factors um, for retaining employees is that they feel that they're growing and that they're learning and that they're developing and, you know, that they're effectively being invested in, whether it's money or time or focus or whatever. But, um, and without that, you know, they may want to go and do something else because they're not feeling like they're, they're actually developing themselves. So if leaders could spend uh, or have more focus on doing that, then that's going to impact on so, so many levels and and that in the moment coaching opportunity that we've already been talking about is an amazing way to develop your people because they're learning in the moment on the go we don't have to actually separate do a separate session or conversation to create learning opportunity we do it in the moment you know can you help me with this yes and and then we go into some mentoring and coaching um, and that creates learning and overcomes I think a lot of that gap between I'd really like to be learning and the leader going I don't have time to spend with my people to develop them yeah talk to the leader that's saying that right now well shoot I don't have time you know so what advice do you give them (laughs) coach in the moment 
That's my advice. Uh, increase, in, learn, learn some simple coaching skills and start to use them in the moment. And, and you know, it can be even the most simple things. So I look at, you know, say um, the, the salon industry. And, and so one of the things that you could do is as a client, um, you know, has finished uh, their treatment and they, and they leave, is, you know, as the leader, you could be asking your people what's one thing you could have done to, or one thing you could do to enhance the client's experience. Yeah. Right? And so you're creating wins on multiple, multiple levels because now they're thinking about it and they can use that perhaps in the next, you know, with the next client. It's um, it's great for the business, you know. It's And when someone discovers something really good and they get this insight, then you can share it with everybody else on the team. Yeah. No, I love that. And just go and asking, ask great questions. Okay, so we came up with uh, become a great coach, A level, A plus level self-awareness. What else uh, can people do to fast track their leadership? Yeah. So I think this is a big, this is actually one that really got highlighted to me. I mean, I've always known it. I've been a productivity and performance consultant and all sorts of things, but this really got highlighted for me last year. And that is that really great leaders focus specifically and only on the important 100 percent. they don't get distracted they don't get into the busyness they don't you know chase shiny objects they're really clear on how and where they add value and have impact and that's what they do and they don't do the rest um, yeah. the rest can either be delegated um, it can be deleted because it's not important or it gets delayed. Yeah. How do they um, get clear on that? What, how, what, what advice do you give them to get clear? Um, I think, you know, it goes back to, you know, again, if you're, if you're running a business, whether it's a salon or a great big business, you know, other type of business, different industry is, you know, what's your strategy? What are the commercial imperatives? What are the, what are the things that actually contribute to that? And of those things, which ones are you the key to? Yeah. You know, there are going to be some that other people can do. You don't need to do them. And there are some that only the leader can do or only you with your unique experience and skill set and, and thinking approach. You're the only one that can do that. So those are the things that you do where you add the most value um, in terms of the things that are strategically propelling you into that possibility space um and and the rest of it as i said either it doesn't happen because it's really not important at all or other people who have the right skills and experience they're the ones that should be doing it um, you should operate in your zone of genius not not just doing everything yeah i love that you talk about zone of genius in so many of your podcasts and because we did a uh, master class on the big leap with Gay Hendricks and he talks about the zone of genius. And now there's Inc. Magazine came out with assessments on that, you know, are you operating in your zone of genius? And I'm like, yeah, I need to jump back into that. So you made me rethink that again. Mm. So thank you for that. And, and you're right. It's, you know, we call it the three R's what's required of me, what gives me the greatest return, what gives me the greatest reward, getting really clear on that and, you know, really drilling down. You're so right. You know, the greatest executives do that. And, uh, what did we miss as far as fast tracking your leadership? I, I think, um, gosh, 
There's so many things, isn't there? But I think we want to keep it simple. So let go of being the expert and um, and coach your people. Stay, stay in your lane, basically, with your zone of genius and only on the important things. Um, be very self-aware and ask great questions. I think, you know, if we're going to keep it simple, I would that's it. <laughs> It is, yeah, of yourself and your people. Yeah. And, yeah, just drill down it and get used to that. And I think like you were saying earlier, and you say so much in your books, and I just think that's so incredible is you've got to lead yourself well first. And so what is the one way for you, Stacey, that you are consistently leading yourself to be the very best that you can be? What do you specifically do? Um, I think there's a couple of things. The first one is... Um, basically reflecting on how I'm showing up yeah, and being pretty consistent with that. Um, and so that does require that self-awareness, you know, how am I feeling? What am I doing? How am I behaving? You know, how am I focusing? All of those sorts of things. Um, and you can do that, you know, anywhere, anyhow, however you do it. Some people meditate and some people, you know, have, um, have, you know, visualizations and, and there's lots of things that you can do, but you can just be simple and ask yourself the question, how am I showing up at the moment? Um, and then I guess the follow on from that is, and how happy am I with that? Yeah. You know, and then that creates the, you know, I, I could be better at this or I could be doing this differently. And so that creates the opportunity. But the, the other thing that I think for me um, is super important is that I do this exercise. It's, it's very simple, but, but basically is to make sure that I am really diligent about replenishing myself. As, again, especially after last year, you know, leaders everywhere have been super generous with giving out their energy and supporting people and making decisions and being reactive. And they've been giving and giving and giving. Well, eventually the tank runs dry. So we have to make sure that we replenish so that we're in a really good state and, and able to continue to do that and support, you know, all of the people who really do rely on us to yeah. lead them, who trust in our leadership you know, that's maybe for some people, that's maybe the only point of stability that they have in their whole life mm -hmm. is you as their leader. And so we, we have a responsibility to make sure that we are able to show up. Um, and so you've got to look after yourself. I, I think that's a really key principle of first leading yourself is, is look after yourself. Yeah, I've been really working hard on being kind and compassionate to myself. What do you do specifically? specifically to replenish yourself. I love spa treatments. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the thing that makes one of the biggest differences for me is to get outside, just to yeah. spend time outside in something that's somewhat natural. So I'm very lucky that we live near the beach. We also have some kind of natural bush reserves and that sort of thing. So I can walk, you know, basically from my house and be in nature. Um, but even the other day I was just walking down the street and I looked up and there was this amazing uh, foliage on this tree and this brilliant blue sky behind it. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to spend a minute looking at that because I know that that's really good for me. Um, yeah. So I think for everyone it's different, but I'm quite deliberate about making sure I get outside time. Um, and all the basics, you know, a bit of exercise, reasonable food most of the time, um, and, a, and a good amount of sleep. You know, if I, I'm like anyone, I can go for a period of time with not enough sleep, but eventually it starts to show, you yeah. know, 
uh, the decisions aren't quite as fast or as good and and your ability to respond and react is not as good um, and you just don't perform at your best. So so sleep, I think, is for all leaders, um, is understanding how much sleep you need and making sure that you get it is really important. Yeah, I went to bed at 8 o'clock last night. I, I could not, you know, function. Uh, are you part of the 5 a.m. club? I'm not part of the 5 a.m. club. <laughs> uh, I don't do my best work at 5 a.m. There you uh, go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and I think everyone is different and you need to they understand how, how you and your body and mind work and then, you know, do what you can to support it. You know, again, play, play to your own strengths and trying to work against yourself doesn't serve you and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't serve the people that you then serve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If my daughter were to get up at 5am, her whole day would be ruined. So she's not part of that either. So I've always been one of those early morning, you know, well, for sure. And good for you. (laughs) Yeah, This is so awesome. And Australia is so beautiful. The what the biggest thing that I remember is how small the servings are at dinner. In fact, my husband or my husband and my son would have to order three meals to to wow. Yes, because you guys don't eat as much as we do in America. So this is why we're so heavy. I went over there to um, Australia and I'm like, and I'm really like not overweight at all. And I was heavier than all the Australians. So you guys are very, very thin over there. I need to move over there. Your your vegetables are huge too. <laughs> they are. That, that's true. That's true. I mean, I think, look, we've got a lot of advantages. We've got, you know, beautiful climate and lots of space. And, yes. and so we really don't have an excuse to not be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. That was the one biggest thing I noticed. And I'm like, I've got to go on a diet. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> It was so awesome. Okay. So you got to get a hold of stacyashley.com. Sign up for her 28 day self coaching challenge. Sign up for her webinars. I signed up for your webinar. You do monthly webinars as well. Anything else that they should sign up for Stacy? and what last piece of advice do you have to be a possibilist? Um, oh, look, um, in terms of signing up, look, follow me on LinkedIn. I, I, put things out from time to time, you know, eBooks and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, what to, what one piece of advice? I'll leave everyone with a question, which is to be thinking, you know, asking reasonably regularly, what's the most important thing for me to be doing right now? Mm. Stacy, you're beautiful. We need to connect again very, very, very soon. Thank you. Thank I, you. Thank you. I would love that, Tina. Thank you. This has been so fun. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.